Hello, moviegoers, and thank you for tuning in to the Movie Man of Georgia show. Today, we will be discussing the remake of Stephen King's movie, It. So, stay tuned. The Movie Man of Georgia show is about to begin. I am here talking to Art, and we're going to talk about the movie, It. Now, we're talking about the 2017 version not the original movie. If you don't know this original movie, there is. It stars uh, Tim Curry as the clown. But let me go ahead and get some of the things out of the way as far as uh, how well it did in the box office, and then we'll go into a discussion. So in the box office, it has rated number seven of the all-time highest-grossing horror movies of all time taking in $123.4 million so far. Now, what I find kind of hilarious, in my opinion, is that as far as horror movies go, The Sixth Sense ranks number one with $293.5 million grossed. I like The Sixth Sense, but I didn't think it would beat out everything else. The Exorcist, What Lies Beneath, Blair Witch, Conjuring, and The Ring are the other ones that make up that list that information actually came from hiddenmoat.com i did not get that information so i'm going to jump right on into the movie here and the first thing i want to discuss is do you think that this movie was too far from the novel too far from the actual book i don't know if you've read it or not art but uh my opinion is that it stayed pretty close to the book while taking a little bit of cinematic liberties, but as far as staying there close to it, I think it's pretty much spot on. I will say for this movie, what persuaded me to watch it the most was the blessing bestowed on it by Stephen King himself. Uh, a direct quote from him at the time, he said, quote, I wasn't prepared for how good it really was, end quote, which, uh, and I mean, and this is a man that, of course, wrote the book that created the the world that created Pennywise, the characters, all of it. And, and so instantly in my mind, if he said that, it's definitely worth looking into. And uh, I uh, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, even, even with this somewhat bias I have as a, as a horror movie nerd. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. The uh, the attention to detail was great. The the subtle but effective, like, comedy undertone was great. Like, it, it was, uh, I don't think it hit a wrong note. Okay, now now here's something that I found out that I found pretty interesting. And and this has to do with the actors and actress that were uh, the main characters of the movie. I went down through the list of characters, Jaden, Jeremy, Sophia, Flynn, uh, Chosen Jacobs, and Wyatt. And those played the different parts. They played Billy, Ben, Beverly, Richie, Mike, Stanley, all those most of these actors did not have a start before this because most of these actors were 14, 15 years old. Flynn Walliford, I believe I pronounced that right, he is from Stranger Things as Mike. And then you have Wyatt Olaf. He was in Once Upon a Time and Gardens of the Galaxy. But other than that, you have a bunch of child stars that are playing in this movie. They're not like in the 80s where you had the breakfast club and you had 21, 22, 25-year-olds playing high school students. These, these kids were actually children when they, uh, when they did this movie. And I think that 
that plays a big part as to getting the ambiance of a bunch of kids that are in a situation where they're dealing with something beyond their control. I, I think that really plays into the whole movie, but I want to get your thoughts about it before we dive into Pennywise and that part of the movie. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love the... Uh... I think I, lo- I love the idea that, and I loved your parallel because given all things 80s is, is my second favorite, most passionate love. That's fair. And I think that's part of the thing that attracted me to it too, is that there's not, you know, especially for a production like this, they didn't have my, like my favorite, my favorite obvious 80s child actor references is, is like the Brat Pack, but you know, they didn't have the two Corys. They didn't have Corey Hyman, Corey Feldman. They didn't have River Phoenix. They didn't have, there wasn't that to pull from. Uh, even even speaking of the tie back to Stranger Things, they didn't have a young Sean Astin. Like there were, there was none of that. So I love the idea that it was unfamiliar faces to the audience because it kind of gave it more of a sense of, at least for me, like it, it made me more curious to watch and see what was going to happen, kind of thing. Even in the back of my mind, knowing you know, being a huge fan, having read the novel, uh, there's always that dichotomy that that stereotype: where is the book going to be better than the movie or not? So that I think that piece kind of played a little part as well. And I think that's one of the things that made this so popular besides the the blessing of the creator and things of that nature. I, I'm not see, I'm not gonna say like like flipping back, one of the things that I love most about this movie is even with all my love of all things horror, I will say admittedly I'm not much of a to to put quotes around a jump scare fan. I think it's a it's too easily done and it's done too many times. You know, a, a cheap scare, if I can use a term, that's never been my cup of tea. So I love that this is scary more based on the atmosphere that the book creates. It's based on like the the slick cinematography and even like the sounds and the music play a part. It, it felt to me like a more old school, almost like a Hitchcockian kind of vibe. And I think that's what I like so much about it. There is a bit of a difference, though, between the novel and the original. Because in the novel, if you remember, they have the adults and the adults are having flashbacks. And to compare it to the original movie that starred Tim Curry, you have the adults in that movie, and it's, you know, them flashing back. You have uh, John Boy from the Waltons uh, acting as the main character there. But it's also, there's a difference between the time period in the novel. In the novel, you have the adults, and he's looking back to like 1957, 1958, uh, when Georgie goes missing. But in the movie, you have it kind of set in the 80s, and the time frame is very much crunched together. So there is that difference within the movie. But uh, to go on what you said, I, I do believe that it played a better part as far as delivering the movie with having them as children and having you feel like you're experiencing. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned to the Movie Man of Georgia. Welcome back to the Movie Man of Georgia. We're talking about the movie Stephen King's It. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce Pennywise here. Uh, did you know? Because you might not. I don't know if you've read this series or not. Did you know that every Stephen King movie, every Stephen King book, has a character that's based in the Dark Tower series because that's kind of like Stephen King's holy grail is is the Dark Tower. And the only reason I bring this into play with this movie is because Pennywise is mentioned in the Dark Tower series. Uh, And he's the eater of worlds. Pennywise says he's the eater of worlds within this movie and within the book. And the Dark Tower series, the Crimson King, or the main nemesis, is also known as the eater of worlds. 
there's another character that comes into play here, and that's Martin. And he is the tortoise. He is Pennywise's nemesis. Why I bring this up, I'm going to ask you if you if you noticed in the movie, why bring this up? Why bring up the tortoise? I myself am waiting with bated breath. I honestly don't know. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to give you this uh, little cookie here. It's not a spoiler, but it is a cookie, a Easter egg, whatever you want to call it in the movie. If you recall, there are a ton and I do mean a lot because I rewatched the movie just to make sure of references to the tortoise in both chapter one and chapter two. Uh, if you keep your eyes open, you'll see it. The, there's the toy that uh, that is held in the movie. There's the tortoise that's kicked during the swimming. And there's a whole bunch of other tortoises uh, throughout the movie which that's paying homage to Stephen King's kind of mythology that he's built up. Now, in the Dark Tower series, there's even a little rhyme. It's like, see the tortoise and on the world he carries his back. So that's why I brought that up. And additionally, it kind of helps us ease into the Easter egg uh, thing that I wanted to talk about. And that is, there are a ton of Easter eggs in this movie. I don't know if you caught a lot of them in the movie uh, and I'm not going to give any spoilers out to the Easter eggs that are in there because that's half the fun is trying to find things one of the things I will say though is look at the t-shirts that are worn throughout the whole movie take a look at them and see what what's there uh, you want to you want to comment about any of these have you ever noticed any of the Easter eggs that they kind of like place in there that most people won't catch well, and even and even earlier, that's that's part of the one of the many reasons I love Stephen King so much is to your point. I know you mentioned the Dark Tower, but to be two for two, I know the the other half of his work, so to speak. The other he spends a lot of time in the fictional town and the fictional county, Castle County and Castle Rock. And uh, I love how you know the more you pay attention, even even like just just flipping it back and speaking to the novels within every like within the dead zone, within Carrie, within Christine, within like with every one of those, there's little pieces and references to the same area. Like it's almost like you, we finally realize after spending all these years reading his work that it's all one big connecting open world. Which, uh, as far as the movie, yeah, same. There are. And again, and I'll re-reference what you said. This is always an absolutely a spoiler-free zone. I will not ruin anything for anybody else, even whether, like me, whether you've seen the movie multiple times. The, yet another mark in my mind of a really good movie, scary or otherwise, is is its rewatchability. And to your point now, like even even the couple that you hinted at, I would have to, I'm gonna have to sit down and just rewatch it again. It, like it's one of those: the more you watch it, the more things you catch each time. Which is one of my favorite things about a good movie is it's always there's always something new no matter how many times you've seen it. I don't know. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, the way I have it in my mind. It's almost like a uh, any any time you find that kind of like a like a wink wink and nod to uh, to us as like so called the hardcore fan base. Um, always it's just that sense of it's, it's, for lack of a better way to explain it. My brain's going to to comic book guy in The Simpsons, but it's true. It's almost like a sense of like. Like we see you for all your dedicated, you know, a labor of love for what you're into. So here's like a smile and nod and a wink to those of you who know kind of thing. So one thing that I wanted to talk about, and some people may think of it as a spoiler to an Easter egg. Some people may not. I don't consider it to be one because it's so it's put out there a whole lot in the movie. And it's one of those things that if you're not paying attention to it, you might miss. 
but most people that are horror fans and and look for things are going to say this and that is i want to talk about the mural the the town's mural and the reason i want to talk about it is that have you ever noticed it have you, have you ever paid attention to what the mural actually is it's the most disturbing i believe subtle hint in the movie is because these kids they go and they hang out in this, this alleyway that has this mural and the mural is of a car that has hit somebody and the guy's lying bleeding on the street with a policeman standing over him i mean that is the kind of dark humor that you get from stephen king in this movie i mean no town anywhere in the united states is going to have a mural painted on the side of their wall of somebody that's been hit by a car I, I, did you ever notice that Actually, that surprises me to hear, and I would say not at all, but now I know what my own personal movie homework is for later this evening, just to, uh, such as the awesome technology we have now, it's not like a child of the 80s where you have to wait for it to be released on video or on, or on network TV and hope, and then all the good bits are cut out. Um, I'm going to have to go look, because that, like I'm smiling right now, that's hilarious. That's awesome, but that's hilarious. Yeah, and as I said, I don't believe it's a spoiler, because it's it's you see it multiple times. In my opinion, if it's a spoiler, it's going to be something that, oh, it's there. It gives away part of the plot line. It gives away part of the movie, or it's an Easter egg that, boom, it's there, gone. But this is this you see throughout the movie. Is it? I just find it kind of comical, kind of funny that 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 was in there. Switching tones again, because we do that a lot on this this segment because it's horror, and we're trying not to give away any of the movie, but discuss enough to where you get a sense of where this is going, and to get you to want to watch it. So in the novel, and th- and I'm, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, there is a controversial text in the novel, which has really led to a lot of people being angry with Stephen King about this novel. And it's towards the end of the book. Without giving away the book and without giving away the movie, uh, it has to do with a sexual situation. In the movie, they omitted this, and I am glad that they did, because if they had left it in, I would not have watched the movie. Uh, I did. I just wanted listeners that have read the book to know that it is not in the movie. I'm not even going to go into the discussion of what that, uh, that controversial scene in the book was. It's not in the movie. Therefore, I'm not going to discuss it. I want to talk about the nemesis of the movie. Uh, I want to talk about Pennywise a little bit. Because I believe that even those that have not seen the movie, they know who Pennywise, the character of Pennywise is anyway. And I believe that goes tremendously into not Stephen King's ability to create a character, but in the director's vision of interpreting that character into something iconic. I believe that his attention to detail was superb. Because even if you have not read the book, you can tell that the character is an antiquated evil. Uh, what do you what What were your impressions of Pennywise compared to, let's say, the Tim Curry version of Pennywise? Do you think that the clown is better interpreted in this movie, or do you think that they could have done a better job? Well, and again, with uh, with uh, and I know we're repeating it for about the third time, but you're right, definitely spoiler free zone. But to uh, I love that you set up and asked this question because it's a uh, Bill Skarsgård 
deserves every award he got for this performance and then some. Like I, I think to your earlier note, for those who've seen the original 1990 miniseries, not to delve too much in, I'm sure we can cover that at a later date, but know that uh, everybody, those who know Pennywise, without even having read the book, I would attribute a lot of that first off because of the, the stone set before, because of the performance from Tim Curry. But to your point now, this, I would say that the Pennywise the Clown in this film is definitely not like the humor that's in the movie doesn't come from Pennywise by any stretch of the imagination. It, it is it is honestly pure nightmare feel. And I mean that as a horror fan in the best of ways. Um, it's dark. It's disturbing. It's uh, it's one of those once you've seen it, you can't like it's not going to leave your mind. You can't unsee it. Uh, and even though pulling this, so for the same, no, this doesn't come from me. This just this one piece of trivia comes from, of course, good old IMDb. Shout out to the Internet Movie Database. Um, but they've said on there that Bill Skarsgård at the time got so deep into method acting, if I can put it that way, so so deep into, quote, being Pennywise that he had nightmares all during the production and for like six months after. Um Honestly, what it reminds me of, the parallel I was going to draw, it reminds me very much of what Heath Ledger did for the Joker in The Dark Knight. That's one of the issues that I believe happens when you have a very good character developed and you have a very good actor portraying that, is that they get so deep into it that it affects them psychologically. I, I, I believe that is definitely true with this character. And I love that you mentioned earlier, back near the beginning of set, the, uh, the, of course, the references to Stranger Things based on some of the cast, of course. Uh, and this is back to, maybe you knew this, that's fair, but uh, presumably when this was first set up, when production first started, this movie was originally going to be directed by the Duffer Brothers. And uh, the only reason, quote, Hollywood told them no is, is they had said in that Hollywood cinema movie lingo speak that, uh, quote unquote, that they're not established enough on the scene that nobody would know who they are. And I just find it very much um, hindsight being 2020. That's when they went, well, OK, never mind. Talk to Netflix and started a little show called Stranger Things. And uh, I thought that was um, pretty cool to learn. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you bring that up because Stranger Things is based off of Stephen King's type stuff. Um, they they made no, you know, they're not cloak and daggering. Uh, into the Stephen King. They've just said, yes, this is based off of Stephen King type material. Additionally, Bill uh, Starsgod has also continued on in that in that Stephen King vein doing Castle Rock. Uh, he was a, he was one of the main characters in that movie. But even so, I think that this is what this is what jump started his career. I don't think that uh, with without this movie, I don't think he would be, you know, that popular horror movie. We identify Pennywise with him or we identify him with horror. I, I think if he had said no to this, then he would just be a wayside type actor. I don't think he would have been thrown into the Hollywood production line, so to speak, as he has now, because he has come out with a ton of movies since it. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think just based on it's always great to, to me to see actors. I mean, that stereotype of any actor that gives a good performance, gives a memorable, memorable performance is the, the nature of the craft. But especially for this, for me to see someone that like it, it was very much. And, and for that matter, for the whole movie, every aspect of the production, the way the scenes were shot, the music, 
the cinematography, the I, I mentioned it, but like the lack of jump scares, the, the psychological aspect, all those things in play was very much like a labor of love back to Stephen King and back to the source material. And as a, as a lifelong fan, that's always like the, you know, you have that, you have that hope uh, in your mind as a, you know, with anything like that. Like, I mean, my best example for me personally, of course, same idea was when, um, was when the Lord of the Rings first released back in 2001, that not just me, but all of us as, as ringers, as Tolkien nerds, as like, I mean, for crying out loud, part of my undergrad degree was based on Lord of the Rings. So uh, we all were kind of collectively crossing our mental fingers and holding our breath. And this is either going to be great or terrible. And Peter Jackson destroyed it, knocked it out of the park, called the corner. He killed it. Same idea, I think, with this movie now. This is a uh, not that it's not a horror movie, but I think this has become one of absolutely the best. Like I've met so many people who it's like that stereotype in their minds are broken. Do you know what I mean? There's always that stigma of. Horror has always been like a niche thing, like a cliche thing, like you without a pun, you either love it or you hate it. And especially with this film, I met so many people whose two or three or first senses start with, well, normally I don't do horror. Normally I don't watch horror movies, but and then go on and on and on about how much they love this movie. So, I mean, they just did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, and we're going to do our four criteria. Now, for those who have never tuned in, we base our four criteria on these things. One, how did it do in the box office? Two, how was the cinematography and the overall you know, way that the film was presented? Three, we do it on originality. Is it something that's original? Is it something that's you know, memorable and different? And then the fourth one is based on our personal opinion of the enjoyment. So this time I'm going to let you go first, Art, and I'm going to let you rate it because I have probably some things that uh, most viewers will disagree with. But I'm going to let you go ahead because you're the horror guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one, absolutely. Thank you, too, of course. But uh, for me, a- a- as a lifelong horror fan, yeah, this um, I hesitate to call this gateway horror. It's also not. If you're looking for like an absolute splatter fest, if you're looking for like kind of the saw aspect, you obviously have to look elsewhere. But I, I will strongly say whether or not you're an avid fan of Stephen King, uh, don't miss this movie. Yeah, the the cinematography, 11 out of 10. The music, 11 out of 10. Uh, without spoilers, of course, but even the Easter eggs, 11 out of 10. There, there really is, as much as this is a quote, scary movie, there's something here for everyone. Uh, if it was a five-star rating, with only a couple of exceptions, I would an easy like four and a half without even losing sleep. Uh, this this was fantastic, uh, a great entry, a great addition to the horror pantheon, and it definitely deserves to be seen. I absolutely recommend it. Okay, so I disagree a little bit with you there, uh, and I'm going to give it a four, and this is why. First off, it did do well in the box office, as we stated, it's in the top ten. Uh, it did do well. There's other movies that have done better, but it's done well. Now, as far as originality goes, I give it I give it about a four out of five on originality. This is this is where we differ. One reason why I differ with this is because it is taking it's a remake by definition. It's a remake. It's not original. Now, there's also a few things within the movie that I thought were kind of cheap shots, uh, mainly. And it's not giving anything away, uh, mainly with the way they did their 
dead characters. I, I think they were kind of cheap shots and almost Walking Dead uh, fake. So that's why I'm giving it a four on the originality. Now, in terms of enjoyability uh, and enjoyment, I, I give it, I'll, I'll give it a four star, four and a half star out of that because it is memorable. You do, you will walk away remembering the movie. Uh, cinematography, it's about average, to be honest with you. It's about average. I didn't see anything in there that really jumped out as being like, ooh, I've never seen this perspective before. I've never seen that before. Uh, they redid a few things as far as uh, tribute to the 80s, which I'll give them give them uh, props for that. So my rating is I'm going to give them a strong four. Uh, I, I don't think I can give them more than that. Uh, any thoughts about about that? I, I could see some. I think um, I think I, I definitely will say for those looking to be uh, looking to be scared in the sense of like a. Of like, a, if I can, if I can go into subgenres just a tiny bit. If you're looking for like a scream or like a slasher film or something of that nature, uh, that's what I, this 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 is definitely more disturbing and like psychological based than it is like gore everywhere, with the exception of a couple of scenes, no spoilers. Um, so so know with that in mind, I will say, uh, see, I, I guess admittedly and and freely admitted as part of my Stephen King fanboy bias nature coming out. So Art gives it a 4.5. I get it a 4. Regardless, if you're a horror movie and you're looking for a movie that has made its way into being uh, iconic, being one of the top horror movies of all time, then Stephen King's is for you. This is a rated R movie for a reason. There is cussing. There is blood. There is gore. There are things which would probably give younger viewers nightmares. It is not to be watched by people that are under the age of 16. That being said, I know people are probably going to watch that. Watch with parental discretion. Uh, we are not advocating by any means ever that you should discard the rating systems that are in place. They are in place for a reason. Stephen King's It is definitely one of those movies where you want to adhere to the rated R rating. Um, that being said, we appreciate you tuning in. This has been the Movie Man of Georgia. Tune in next week when we talk about It too. Thank you.